All right, back on the Young Turks. I want to remind you guys that next week we've got a great set of guests for you guys. Jordan Klepper from Comedy Central is going to join us on Thursday. And then we've got John Delaney coming in, presidential candidate, on Friday. And then we also are going to cover Kamala Harris's town hall on Tuesday night for you guys. Instant analysis right after the town hall, break down all of her answers. So. Uh, make sure that you tune in for all of that. Now, let's go to our guests. Joining me now is Kai Newkirk. He is the founder of Democracy Spring and Morgan Sell, also from West Virginia. Uh, and uh, they're doing some activism in West Virginia right now that we want to tell you about. Welcome, guys. Great thank to you. be with you, Jack. All right, thank you, guys. So, uh, let me start with you, Kai. Uh, so, you guys are protesting the Rockwool factory. What is that and why are you guys protesting? Yes, thank you. Rockwell is a Danish corporation, a multinational corporation, and they've come here to Jefferson County, West Virginia, where I grew up, and they're trying to build a huge factory to produce mineral wool, a type of insulation. And they're trying to build it less than half a mile from an elementary school, primarily low-income folks near low-income neighborhoods, disproportionately people of color. It would produce a huge amount of air pollution. It risks contaminating drinking water. It would be fueled by a huge amount of coal and fracked gas every day. They're actually building a fracked gas pipeline specifically for this project. And it would be the anchor for a much larger heavy industrial fossil fuel powered industrial development. Um, uh, the likes of which does not exist anywhere near here. Um, it would be a huge negative impact on this community from the health of children, um, uh, the schools that are nearby to drinking water, like I said, uh, to the local economy, which is based on agriculture, tourism, um, and things like that. And the community is hugely against it. Uh, like I said, I grew up here, um, and uh, my brother, one of my brothers, lives a couple miles as the crow flies or as the pollution would fly from where they're trying to build it. One of my nephews, a little further than that. And um, I've never seen a grassroots movement. You know, erupt in my life, you know, like this or anything, you know, here in all the years I've been part of this community, and it's been incredible to see. And still, this company is trying to do it against our will. And people are rising up and standing up for justice for our families, for the land here, the rivers, the water, and for the kind of economy that we want to have, which is a clean one, a green one that doesn't make climate change crisis worse, but helps us turn it around. And that's what we're fighting for to stop Rockwell from building here and to stop doing this kind of thing in other places around the world. It looks like Morgan might have gotten a fun message while we were talking, um, <laughs> so, which happens often. All right, Morgan, you're also from West Virginia, right? Correct, yep, yeah. born so, and raised. So how would this affect you? Wow, um, well, thank you so much for having me. This would affect me, it already has been affecting me for almost a year now. Um, I grew up here in my hometown. Uh, you know, my hometown is here, my childhood home is here, my parents live here, my husband and my two children, ages five and two, live here. I was hoping to raise them. You know, the ideal dream, Jefferson County, clean air, clean water, an hour and a half outside of DC, perfect location to raise your family, you know, and this would affect me on so many levels, you know, I've had to consider leaving my home, my family. I've had to consider, you know, walking away from a place that I've lived for three decades now. And uh, it's just been a roller coaster for the last uh, 10 months now. 
Yeah, you know, unfortunately, um, there's this image that, hey, if you live in the crowded cities, there's pollution, LA's famous for that. Uh, but if you go in the countryside, uh, that everything is great. And it used to be, and in a lot of places it still is. But when they put uh, these type of factories next to you, uh, that changes the equation completely. So now, Kai, they, they factory claims, hey, look, we're doing things that are good for the environment. Um, how, how do you take that and how do you respond to it? Well, it's true that we do need to create insulation to reduce energy use in buildings. But we should be doing that in ways, one, that are efficient in terms of the energy use that goes into it. To create mineral wool, you have to melt rock and spin it into fiber. It's an incredibly energy intensive process. And on top of that, they're not doing this based using clean energy. They're doing it using fracked gas and coal. And there's a bigger context uh, for this, which is that, as you know, West Virginia is, you know, the coal state, um, perhaps, you know, more than any other. And there's a huge expansion of fracking and natural gas infrastructure that's going on in the state. That's a train going by. Um, <laughs> I could tell. No, there's a lot of. There's a lot of action where you guys are. <laughs> it's a small town, there's a train, there's a train, so. Yeah, no, no, it actually adds to the feel of it. I feel like I'm in West Virginia. Well, we sing- You're welcome uh, anytime. That's right, we sing, uh, we sing country roads at a lot of our uh, meetings and actions. Um, a song that folks know from John Denver, you know, lifting up this home that we're fighting for. Um, but the truth is that West Virginia has been ravaged by heavy industry and by extraction of coal and uh, natural gas for a long time. And this part of the state has been largely spared from that right. until now. And so there was an $80 billion deal uh, with China Energy to expand frac gas infrastructure in the state of West Virginia. And we see this as part of that. They wanna lock in more use of coal, more use of frac gas and do it in this part of the state where it hasn't happened to build out this much larger industrial development. So whatever Rockwell says, that's what they're actually helping to make happen. And there's no reason to be building new coal-fired heavy industry anywhere in the world right now with the crisis of climate change, and especially not less than half a mile across the road from an elementary school where I think more than 60% of the kids um, are, uh, you know, have assistance for lunch, other measures of being low income. And it's disproportionately people of color and poor folks in the area. So this environmental justice, environmental racism fight, it's also a democracy fight because the this is a corruption of our democracy, the state and local level, that big money from corporations like this is overriding the will of the people. And that's why we gotta stand up and fight here just like we have to do around the world to stop this from happening. And I believe that if we can hold the line here, that this could be the beginning of a much bigger transformation in West Virginia, away from being a state that's dominated by coal and now frack gas industry that sacrifices whole communities, people's health, for the profit of their owners and the corporations that change from that towards the kind of clean green society that lifts us all up and protects our health along the way. So uh, Morgan, usually the pushback you get from uh, companies when they do this is uh, they'll say, but jobs, uh, you guys are gonna cause jobs in the area. So have you guys gotten that and then what's your response? Yeah, so nobody came and asked Jefferson County residents uh, if we wanted these 100 jobs. And on top of that, they have not been um, strictly given to West Virginia workers. They're not promised to West Virginia workers. And so that, you know, that comment comes up a lot. Um, but what we try to focus on here is uh, clean economic growth and uh, 84 tons of coal across the street from a, a low income um, 
neighborhood of 1200 people right next to that elementary school is just not the way not the way to do it i mean it's it's got 155,000 pollutants that would come out of those two smokestacks annually and um the jobs are just, I mean, you can't even ask workers to go in there in a clean environment when uh, the, you know, the pollution some days will just drop right down on top of the workers if they step outside. Right now, uh, Kai, uh, you and I have uh, uh, done direct action like this before. We did it in Democracy Spring uh, to get money out of politics and and there were some arrests uh, there, of course, uh, which is a Significant understatement. Uh, there's also been arrests here. So tell us about uh, the, the action you guys have been taking. Yeah, just real quick on the jobs point. It's important to point out these would not be family supporting living wage jobs. They're not union jobs and actually would undermine the larger economy in the area. This area in Jefferson County is one of the most uh, economically competitive parts of the state. It's actually one of the only ones that really is more so than being really under competitive. And that's based on, like I said, agriculture, tourism, education, government, things like that. Um, much of which would be undermined. Agriculture directly uh, undermined by this. Uh, tourism directly undermined by it. So it would actually hurt the base of one of the of the economy, one of the only places in the state where um, you know people are doing better. Do we need to create more jobs? Absolutely, but they should be good jobs. They should be union jobs. They should be green jobs. They shouldn't be harming the rest of the economy and the health of other people. So we got to be clear about that. We don't have to choose between jobs and health. Um, in our state, or we shouldn't have to do that anywhere in the world. You're right about direct action. Um, there's been incredible movement uh, here. You can't drive around without seeing these homemade stop rock wool signs and fields and uh, uh, you know outside homes across the county. Morgan did a lot of the work to make that happen. People have taken every step you're supposed to do when something's happening in your community that you oppose from uh, local government, every channel, uh, every commission, public comment meeting, anything you can do, lawsuits. Um, there was change, uh, a major change in the election last November. People won uh, because of this issue, um, including Delegate Sammy Doyle, a progressive champion who sat in with Sammy us. Brown. Sorry, Sammy Brown. Yeah. And John Doyle. And, uh, and John Doyle, Sammy <laughs> Brown, we love you. And, um, and we finally had to come to take the step of nonviolent direct action, what Dr. King called the sword that heals. We first did it at Senator Joe Manchin's office, pushing him to take a stand on this issue in February. And then at the Danish embassy, because it's a company from Denmark and we were calling on the people of Denmark to stand with us and push this company to uphold the same standards they would in Denmark to have to uphold those here in West Virginia. And then finally, a week ago from today at the construction site, hundreds of us came out, it's a beautiful family rally. And then 24 of us, including Delegate Sammy Brown that I mentioned, we sat down and blocked the road into the construction area and were arrested. We still are in legal proceedings around that. But we had to send a message that we're not gonna back down, that we'll do whatever it takes using all nonviolent means to stop this, to protect our community and to turn things around in our state. Real quick here as we end, uh, did Manchin do anything? <laughs> not surprisingly, he hasn't. You and I both know that uh, He's not someone that we can count on to stick with the people and not big business. But even as we fight to end the corruption of our democracy, we're not gonna change that before this factory is gonna get built or not. So there's sometimes fights where you just gotta engage that system, use all the power that you can to push it. It did force him to have to come out and speak on the issue more. And yes. we're gonna continue to mobilize. We're doing a boycott of Rockwell, organizing divestment. And we're gonna to continue to do direct action here and other places in the United States and the state of West Virginia. 
potentially at the Capitol in DC and Denmark and other places around the world to win this fight. Yeah, if the just Democrat in that race, Paul Jean Swearingen had won, you wouldn't have this problem at all. So she's supporting our calls on social media and we hope to be able to stand together here in person sometime. Absolutely, yeah, she's a great fighter in West Virginia. We got a lot of good fighters in West Virginia, so they don't know what they're messing with. Yep, uh, all right, now Kai, I knew that you were from West Virginia, but I didn't know West Virginia had all these incredible fighters ready to spring into the world. So now it all makes sense, it all comes together. All right, uh, Kai Newkirk, uh, originally from Democracy Spring and Morgan Sell, thank you so much for joining us, really appreciate it. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Jake, we appreciate it. All right, back on the Young Turks for a fascinating interview. Joining me now is Kriegmaster Hatstrom from the band Neckbeard Death Camp, obviously. Um, oh, hey guys, how you doing? Hey, thank how are you? Uh, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, is that Kriegmaster? That's me. All right, got you. Uh, so uh, I'm a little confused by all the things that are going on in, in um, metal, apparently. So there are uh, fascist and now anti-fascist uh, bands. Uh, I'm hoping you guys are the anti-fascists. We are indeed the anti-fascists. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> uh, and uh, I hear that you are in the trenches of the battlefields of extreme metal. Uh, how how is the trenches going in extreme metal? The trenches are good. We are reporting live from Maryland Death Fest today. Uh, we are at our secret off fest bunker location. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously. Um, and we're we're headed we're headed in after this. Okay. Uh, so, okay. In all seriousness, I think um, is it appears that there is a some sort of fascism that sprung up in the in the metal scene where in the world did that come from i would say it began in the 90s um there there's a man who was originally the bass player for this band mayhem who i think like in this in the the pursuit of like an like an edge or like a like a an edginess to his music uh, began to incorporate um, as many extreme ideologies as he could. I, I think at that time he didn't really know what he was doing. Like he was just like, we'll put blood on it. Ugh, we'll put a skull on it. Ugh, we'll put a swastika on it. Um, and as time went on, those ideologies began to expand within the community. And we have found ourselves dealing now with with people who who do understand what they're doing, and whose ideologies are beginning to grow, and they are recruiting uh, sort of susceptible minds within heavy metal into right wing ideologies. So, how do you guys fight back with Neckbeard Death Camp? Uh, the band began as a joke, um, and. The sort of initial punch was us calling them basement dwelling losers. Mm. Uh, the first album is titled "White Nationalism is for Basement Dwelling Losers," and it's available through Prosthetic. Um, and from there, we began to expand on our platform and started organizing shows. We started tabling 
at our events, you know, inviting sort of left leftist uh, organizations to the events. Um, and then we began to start donating money. Um, we're, we give away a lot of what we make in an effort to, to sort of not only put our money where our mouth is, but allocate resources to people who are more capable in more direct applications. Yeah, I actually read about that. I uh, When uh, it was freezing in, in Chicago, you guys uh, got supplies for the homeless, uh, which is not what a lot of uh, black metal is known for. Uh, so bless your heart on that one. Um, Thank you. Yeah, so um, are you getting any uh, criticism from the left? Because uh, you have, for example, the word death camp in your title. I think when we began, people were sort of suspicious of that. Um, but I, I, I think we sort of do enough organizing now to dispel like any concerns that what we're doing is shysty. And I, I, I would certainly cop to the idea that, you know, not everything that we did with that first album was like a perfect punch to throw. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're, we're sort of cleaning things up as we go along. I love that you guys are all in black mass. And in one of the pictures, you've got nails sticking out of your forearms and stuff, but you're cleaning things up. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm not as familiar with black metal as I uh, apparently should be. Uh, uh, so as I think you might be able to tell. Uh, but I guess that's cleaning up for black metal. So did you guys have an album called So Much for the Tolerant Left? Yeah, So Much for the Tolerant Left actually comes out this weekend. If you've come to see us on tour, uh, we've had it available at the merch table. Um, there was a pre-sale limited to 100 copies through Prosthetic available. Um, and I, I believe those go out sometime soon. And yes, that, that is indeed the album artwork. Okay, see, like that's why people get confused, especially if you're uh, an old dude like me who who is not familiar with uh, this kind of music. So there's that uh, imagery on there, but you guys are giving the wedgie to the fascist on the album cover, right? Yes. Okay. Oh, thanks God. Okay. <laughs> um, when you guys perform, do you always wear the mask? Yes. Does anyone know your real identities? I would say most folks know our actual identities. Okay, uh, is your bunker next to Dick Cheney's? I'm sorry, could you repeat that for me? I said, is your bunker anywhere near Dick Cheney's? <laughs> is his bunker located in the city? I don't know. <laughs> if I, yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right. No, seriously, uh, talk to me about how you guys battle. So you got the. The fascists in black metal, and you got the anti-fascists like you guys. So, do you guys? Is it like rap music where you battle in the songs? Um, how does it work? Uh, much of our music is sort of a a poetic diss to that. Um, we have certainly physically engaged a handful of fascists in our travels. Um. Mm. We do a really? lot of work with disrupting fascist online communications. Uh, we have been credited with shutting down a handful of fascist shows. 
Um, How do you do that? How do you shut down a fascist show? Uh, usually a lot of fascist bands, they, they tend to be kind of secretive about uh, their ideologies. And when you make those ideologies available to any reasonable concert promoter, who's not like some, you know, black metal organizer from, you know, the middle of nowhere. As soon as you're like, hey guys, like, have you seen this? They're usually pretty receptive to canceling the events. Mm, okay, my guess is they're not happy with that. Have they ever confronted you? Uh, we had some kids show up to our first show and break the window <laughs> for the van. Uh, but I think he sort of realized that that was all he was really going to get away with. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I don't know, Kriegmaster, I'm trying to figure out if these guys, the, the guys on the opposite side, the fascist black metal guys are dangerous or not. Uh, what's your take on that? Are they a bunch of goofballs who are just frustrated and, uh, and you know, their lives aren't going great so they just wanna like vent through metal? Uh, or is it really affecting people and having uh, some sort of impact? I think it begins fairly harmless. Like, like they, 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 don't, they don't sort of leave their parents' basement uh, as they go through the early stages of things, and they, you know, they say a lot of things online, and they they sort of quite often recruit other people sympathetic to those ideologies. But I'm sure I don't have to list like a whole lot of school shootings or homicides or you know, sort of terror attacks. Uh, to make obvious the point that it really, like, you know, all it takes is one in a hundred or, you know, one in a thousand to, to do something unforgivable. Yeah. No, no, that's the problem with the other side, right? You guys are uh, battling back with words and songs and uh, information, uh, but uh, the other side encourages people uh, to pick up weapons and go to a school. So uh, that's a whole different ball game. Um, and so who do you think is winning the, uh, the battle uh, within black metal at this point? Are there more fascists or more anti-fascists? In black metal, there is decidedly more fascists than there are of us. Um, but it only took one of us to focus all of their attention. Mm -hmm. So you guys started um, out as a as a joke, as you said earlier, but now you're you're quite serious, right? I mean, are you you you're doing this full time? Yes. Okay, and and I saw one of your albums made it to the top of uh, Bandcamp, uh, top selling spot. So um, so how long ago did you guys start, and and how much has this taken off now? Uh, we began this project. Uh, White Nationalism is for Basement Dwelling Losers was launched on, I believe, July 21st of 2018. Uh, and we, I mean, we wrote that album in two weeks, like from start to finish. Mm -hmm. And so you guys just started really recently, just the middle of last year, and it's already taken off. That's pretty neat. Yes. Where do you, uh, are you guys touring? Yes, we're actively on tour at the Maryland Death Fest. Maryland Death Fest. Okay, man, yes. <laughs> it's got to I have to confess, it's not my scene. Uh, I'm, I'm not much in the metal, black or otherwise. 
but uh, but I appreciate uh, that you guys are fighting back, uh, which is great, and that you're uh, getting a lot of success doing it. Is there anywhere where people can check out uh, your music? Or where you're going to uh, tour? Right at the bottom of the screen now at neckbearddefcamp.bandcamp.com. And our music is available through Prosthetic Records. All right, awesome. Kriegmaster and uh, the other Max Mast fellows there at Neckbeard Death Camp, we appreciate you joining us on the Young Turks. Thank you, Sink. This is Hales Comrades and Kaiser Werewolf Von Tolerance. <laughs> well, here, here uh, to all the comrades in Neckbeard Death Camp. Thank you. Okay, all right, guys. Uh, fun for everybody. More fun ahead. Uh, members get the last half hour. tyt.com/slash/join. We'll see you there.